0: Alright, who's ready to uh, crack open a cold one and break some story, am I right? <laughs> oh
1: my god, as you drink, is that Pamplemousse LaCroix? What is that? Mango. Mango, interesting. I kind of want a bubbly now. I just have my water in my Avengers glass because I'm an adult sippy cup.
0: I wanted to open this five minutes ago, but we weren't recording and I wanted to do <laughs> that stupid bit. Oh
1: God, I hate you.
0: Welcome to Can We Save the Cat, an entertainment and writer's room podcast where we pitch a few ideas, pick one to develop, and then turn it into the next hit TV show or movie. I'm one of your hosts, Danny Hanks, writer and director.
2: I'm Justin Eugene, one of your hosts. I do write. I do produce. I'm Brian Hayes. I sometimes host,
1: sometimes act, sometimes write. Would like to direct one day, too. Would.
0: Wait you want to direct, Brian? Yeah, we
1: literally talked about this. remember I was asking you for attachments for the camera and programs and
0: yeah, I, I knew that, but I thought that Danny's
1: was... memory is impeccable. <laughs>
2: he would like to direct himself, not others.
1: <laughs> yeah mm, that, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I think that would be a nightmare to work with that person. <laughs> work with them all the time. It's not great.
0: <laughs> directing oneself is a feat that. I have done for minor roles, but for like a major thing.
2: It's not man. ideal. Not mm-hmm. for me. There's a reason there's a director and actors.
0: Uh, agreed. Yeah.
2: But i always impressed when someone does it well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, usually it's because they have...
2: A great DP or A great director. DP
0: and an AD that they can trust.
1: Yeah. I've always been curious, like... From that perspective, I just think to like David Schwimmer or Zach Braff, you know, on sitcoms in particular, it's got to be so weird. Like, are are they actually the ones saying action and then also saying when to cut? Like, are you are they mid scene and maybe saying words and then be like, this takes shit, throw it out.
0: (laughs) I mean, that probably happens, but I would assume it's their AD that calls action.
2: Gotcha. But I also think on a TV show, it's a little different than a movie, right? Because a TV show like... At least you, he knows that person knows the characters.
0: Like yeah. Someone,
2: sometimes the TV you bring in these directors, they don't know the characters as well, like all like the small characters. Mm-hmm. So I think directing TV might be a little easier in that position than it would as a movie. The movie could, has so many moving parts.
1: I could also see it kind of being the opposite and being a little bit more awkward because think about like the relationships with those people that you formed, and then all of a sudden you're in a. Power position and you're telling them what to do, and yet you're also still well, there. I, I would think that. Would be I a mean, I weird. think people
0: would be fine with that. Unless I think you, it on your style. Unless you have rivals in the cast, in which case, then you're screwed. No, I mean, I also think it. I mean,
2: you know your chemistry with the cast. So I mean, like you're not going to do anything. I don't think that would be out of the ordinary. I don't think unless you're a, just a bad director. I don't think you're yelling at people, being like, "You suck at this." That's really I mean, you kind of know what you're gonna get because you've done it with them
0: Yeah, and you probably know how they like to be talked to as well.
2: Yeah, that's I think the key point I would assume it would be more like a teamwork versus a like boss
1: I also wonder if they have a hand in the scripts like do they get to choose which ones that they yeah it depends on like the schedule Yeah, I was listening to Office Ladies and they were talking about like the schedule and basically directors would be like, yeah, I'll sign up for three episodes. And if they were, you know, super familiar with the show and they were really beloved and stuff, then they could kind of pick and choose which times that they wanted to.
2: But they could never do two in a row just because of the scheduling. Because if you do one episode while they're filming the next episode, you're doing post. post? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like the issue too is scheduling like you, you can do episode one and six because like. You'll have time to finish post and do pre-production and all that stuff.
1: I wonder if that's why you're seeing so many big name directors, David Fincher, James Gunn, uh, etc. Kind of starting to lean into this streaming service medium because they're basically... Because it's filmed like a movie. Right, it's filmed like a movie. It's just like a ten-hour movie. So I wonder if that's kind of like why we see James Gunn now with Peacemaker, and why we saw David Fincher with uh, with Mindhunter. David Fincher did a lot of the Mindhunter episodes on Netflix. So. Yeah,
2: he's not going to do they stopped the season because he wanted to do other projects. Yeah, I know, which is a shame because that show is amazing. So that's the good and bad thing, right? Like if David Fincher wants to do all of it. He can't pass it off and do other projects. It's like one project at a time. So like, there's good and bad things because Stop of that Stop
1: being a control freak, David Fincher. Just give us Mindhunter <laughs> Season 3.
0: You want to know something really awful? I was talking to somebody the other day, and I had a total brain fart, and I my brain crossed wires and confused David Lynch and David Fincher. So <laughs> I was talking about David Fincher, but I kept saying David Lynch- and then the person was like, oh, yeah, no, I really love David Lynch's work. And I was like, oh, were you one of those Fight Club bros? And he's like, that's David Lynch didn't do Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God.
2: And you were like, I, I work in film. Uh-oh, I was like, I oh, yeah,
0: I'm so good at film. I don't think
1: that's that bad, though, because they're both kind of. Like, they both have a niche, they're and both they're both David. named David. Yeah, sure. I don't think that's that bad.
0: <laughs> and their last names, like, rhyme, the first syllable.
2: Yeah, for sure. Lynch, Fitcher, sure. All right, let's do some pitches. Let's do some pitches.
0: All right, let's jump Do you say bitches or it. pitches?
2: Oh, my God. Yes.
0: Um, my shirt says, uh,
2: witches be crazy. <laughs> Those witches be
1: crazy which is be crazy. Well, I will start us off with the pitches. So my pitch is, you know, I kind of mentioned it a second ago, but the Friends reunion comes out this week. So in that kind of realm, my pitch is about a former TV star who, for the sake of this, let's call him David. The rest of his castmates went and did amazing things, but David's kind of been Struggling, right? He's been struggling to find his place. He's very typecast. So it's years later after this TV show is coming and gone, and he is approached with the idea of a revival. So Curb Your Enthusiasm kind of did like a season about a Seinfeld reunion. But I want to show a TV show centered around an actor gets approached with an opportunity to revive their show. But in order to do so, they need like the entire cast on board. So he has to then go make amends with all the people Mm. that he's kind of fallen out with over the years. And some of these people have gone on to be movie stars. Some of these people are kind of left the business, but they need it's kind of like an all or nothing thing. So it's kind of like a getting the gang back together sort of TV show or limited series or something like that. So.
2: That is my pitch. Awesome. So I am pitching a, based on a true story, the Ooh. guy that invented slash found rocket fuel. His name is Marvel Whiteside Parsons. <laughs> what a I dope name. This guy killed himself inventing rocket fuel inside of his garage. What? Okay. And my favorite part about this is like, he was into dark magic. He thought he thought you get magical powers by having orgies. I mean, this story has it all.
0: Wait, is this...
2: Jack Parsons.
0: Okay, I'm thinking of somebody else who was really famous with the dark magic orgies. Aleister Crowley is who I was thinking of.
2: I'm sure he was a part of that, if I'm not mistaken. But this guy accidentally invented rocket fuel or whatever but uh yeah so i think it'd be really fun to kind of like doesn't have to be the true story just like go down this like idea of the guy. um what is rocket fuel fuel and rockets
1: oh like actual rocket fuel <laughs> i <laughs> thought it was like a hip brand thing that i wasn't you think keen. it was like a drug <laughs> i no 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 i thought it was like g fuel or like rocket mortgage or something i don't know like no no no, this this
2: has happened a long time ago like i think he was like one of the reasons we had like aircrafts that could like take off the runway faster and things like that this sounds ridiculous right i mean the fact that he like accidentally invented it killed himself inventing it and on top of that had this like crazy other life where like he like had orgies to like get powers for (laughs) black magic is an insane story so like i don't think it necessarily has to be like truly about how he did it, but like a makeshift version of how it happened would be hilarious to me.
0: Hmm. Awesome, awesome.
2: Follow that, Danny.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm going to throw in an anthology idea, or I guess potentially a movie idea if we wanted to go one-off. But when I was younger, I started writing this as a short story, which was figuring out the life of a family through what they're selling at a yard sale so the story that i was telling from the yard sale was like they're selling a bunch of religious books and girls clothes and like some books about trying to convert trans children like gay conversion therapy basically and like you learn about this family that like they finally accepted their trans son right Because they're selling all of this at a yard sale and you like put two and two together and it's like, oh, that's kind of the thing. So I don't know how exactly that would manifest, whether we would follow the family or if it would be like some kind of crime show or some kind of um, dealing with the belongings after death or something. But the main concept is telling the story of a family through the objects that they either trying to hide or get rid of or specifically sell at a yard sale.
2: Interesting. Now, there was a lot there. It's a very choppy pitch. I'll give, I'm going to say that. (laughs) I don't think it's bad. It's just choppy.
0: Yeah, well, because the thing is, when I wrote it as a short story, it made a lot of sense, right? Because you're just this omniscient third-person narrator talking about all these things that are being sold at a yard sale. And you sort of start to weave together these objects for the audience. But in order to do that, in a way that's tv you'd have to have like flashbacks or you would have to have like what if it's every yard sale is a different family and every time somebody inquires about one of the items it's a flashback into the story about that and then you see the dichotomy between what the actual story is and what they tell the person who's buying like who knows it kind of it feels a little bit like uh, blue hill hostel in that way mm-hmm. so i think For there's sure. a lot of opportunities i just don't know which way we would go with it okay
2: that's fair yeah, it's not bad. It's just like there was a lot in the pitch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's vote.
1: Uh, we'll go same order because I so I have mentioned a couple of times that I've watched Modern Love and really mm-hmm. enjoyed that. And it's an anthology series about love in New York City, and it's really, really well done. And Justin, as much as I love Marvel Longfellow.
0: Parsons, oh, whoa, whoa. Marvel right. Whiteside
1: Parsons, excuse me, Marvel Whiteside Parsons. Um,
0: I'm Mr. Whiteside. Da-na-na-na. Okay, go on.
1: I changed my mind. I'm not voting.
2: I mean, I, it, at least mine was unique, you know? No,
1: different. no, no. It was super unique. My problem with
2: biopics whenever, because uh, Danny, Danny's brought one or two as well. But I don't think it would be a biopic. I think it would be fun just to like take the ideas of what happened there and just turn that into like a funny story.
1: If we were to do a
2: repitch and I could
1: learn more about this person, I would be like, let's go for it. I do really like it. It's super unique. And I also didn't realize that like, I mean, I Googled him, obviously one, the guy died at 37 Two, I didn't realize this was in, like, the 30s, you know?
2: Yeah, watch out. That would be so cool to play
1: with. Yeah, no, I totally agree, but I just feel like personally- Justin,
0: you did a shit job of selling this person to us. I, just, I gave you the highlights.
1: No, you did a great job. Personally, I feel like I need to learn more about this person. You should person. have just
0: opened with, like, cult orgy magic in the 30s.
2: I've been a, I've pitched cult before, so I was like, I didn't want to put cult in there. Mm, yeah, yeah. I would have said Daredevil,
1: who is addicted to cult dark magic in the
0: 30s and huffed rocket fuel. Boom. <laughs> All right, Brian, vote.
1: <laughs> I vote for Danny's. I think we can do like a modern love thing. I do really like Justin's. I just want to learn more about this person. And I've got his wiki up and I will be doing so after the podcast.
2: Cool. Um, I'm going to vote Danny. It's a weird one. Like, we've already done an anthology, but I mean, it doesn't mean we can't do another one. I think I have an idea where to go with it. So like, I mean, if we decide to go Danny's, which it seems like we will, I'll throw out my idea. But, you know, it doesn't seem like a too challenging of a TV show to make there.
0: Yeah, my turn. I'm going to agree. I feel like anthologies are becoming more and more popular. Love, Death and Robots just came out for a second season. You could even go American Horror Story-esque where it's like each season is a different plot line. But I'm going to vote for... Brian's because I feel like that would have been really fun to try to do the whole thing where it's like trying to get the gang back together again, and I can imagine especially with what's going on in Hollywood right now, you could go kind of dark and twisted with it as to like why one of the one of the women doesn't want to come back to do this show. Maybe she's moved on uh, and isn't acting anymore for reasons that would come up in the all is lost portion of things. So
2: you definitely got tons of real life material with that. Yeah. Doesn't, like, one of the Sex and the City girls, teach, like, doesn't like the cast or something?
0: I don't know. Yeah,
1: one of them's not coming back. Um, yeah.
0: Shall we yeah. launch ourselves into this yard sale pitch?
2: My pitch for you is going to be this. Each episode, we basically go through a story through whatever object someone buys, and each season is a new family. So that was my pitch, and, like, I think you could easily put out the furniture or easily put out the objects on the on the lawn— setting yourself up for like eight episodes a season, six episodes, whatever it is, and like, just go through the story. I think you even talked about it, like, as they're telling the story, there's flashbacks of what maybe either really happened or what they're actually telling you, depending on how twisted you want it to be.
0: I really like that. I also think what would be really cool is if at the end of every episode, we see the object being used in a different way in its new home, creating a different story. Or yeah. the same story.
1: So my pitch for this pitch is uh, very similar to that. My idea would be to have each episode focus on a different family, not each season, and have each episode it be a yard sale. And somebody approaches somebody about, "Hey, I want to buy this item. Can you tell me a little bit more about it?" And then the person's like, "That item has a history." And the person is narrating. Like, they are then our narrator for that entire story. However, we play with the idea of the unreliable narrator, like Danny was mentioning with Blue Hill Hostel. So they could be saying something like, and then the man and woman, you know, fell in love based off of this item. But as we're seeing it on screen, that's not actually what happened. Like, he gave it to her as a gift, and she decided things were moving too fast. And so, like the narrator is basically trying to sell things and the item does have a history but maybe the two don't always align right is my uh,
2: tldr my only issue with that is and i know you're going to be able to debunk it is there's new characters each episode so like you can't really latch onto <clears throat> a character for the season each episode you got to like introduce new people and i know they do that on modern love but they also have huge names So like part of me is like, that's maybe a selling point of that where you can get away with not having them get too attached to like, oh, I want to see more of this person.
0: I would say another upside to having an entire season be about one family is that as you put the pieces together, you can see objects from earlier episodes in later episodes and vice versa. Like you can see more of this object kind of come to life. I feel like regardless, it's going to be about the object or objects and the way that they come together, sure, in a way. Yeah, I agree.
1: No, listen, guys, I'm out vetoed, so let's just stick with it. Well, here's, so, the, here's the thing I'm I was sure. like, I was
2: hoping you were gonna give me because I haven't seen Modern Love, and I know that's how they do it. Like, it's a new cast of characters each episode, correct? Uh huh. So, I figured you were gonna be able to tell me, like, why that works because. I only can see it from my perspective.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, I guess the reason that it works so well in Modern Love is because each story can be so unique whenever you go that route. Like, you're not tied to a family. You're not tied to characters. You are literally have- Just watching a story. You're, you're watching a story. You literally have an yeah. unopened- unwritten book in front of you. It's kind it, of honestly it's the it's the counter to exactly what Danny's saying, where you can grow to learn and love these characters. You don't have to be tied to these characters. You don't have to have a mom and a dad for an entire season. You can have them for one episode and then the next episode it's completely different people. So like you don't have to be tied to developing their relationships, etc.
0: So I would be down with that if Kind of two things. If either one family is collecting all of these new objects, so it's like one person who's going to the same yard sale, or if we're following the same object.
2: I don't really like the same object thing.
0: Yeah, I don't either. So a few other things that come to mind is, so it could be yard sales. It could also be each episode is a different item at an auction. Or we could go antique shop for some of it, or we could go estate
2: sales. Could be kind of cool because like you can do like you can get a little dark with that one. I veto antique just because it feels a little too like close to Blue Mountain, Blue Hill Hostel, Blue Hill Hostel.
1: Um, yeah, I don't like auctions, but I I was good with yard sale, antique, or estate sale because it's all kind of the same thing. You're talking to somebody and they're giving you a story on it.
0: So I think we could do one episode that's an estate sale. Yeah, sure. So you could do, we're going the different, each episode is a different family, different yard sale, right? Sure, yeah. One thing that's interesting that you can also play with about that is people kind of have yard sales at different points in life for different reasons. For sure. So, you know, you can have the one yard sale that's like really upscale, bougie family just trying to downsize versus like a family that's trying to make ends meet. So they're having a yard sale. Some college um, kids
2: having a yard sale.
0: College kids having yeah. a yard sale. Yeah, I mean, there's you could so, also do so like, many
2: different types of people you can hit. Yeah. I think I think we have it. we got to go through well, it. So but I think we have the idea.
0: I, th- I do think that we have the idea. I think what is what we need to figure out now is kind of the structure around it and how we like get into it. Because I think the concept is really good, but I'm still struggling with... What does it actually look like?
2: How many episodes do you think it could be?
0: In a season? Maybe eight.
2: Yeah, yes. I would say six to eight. And so let's focus on the let's go episode, let's just go through episode one. So I see it as our
1: framing devices, young couple, for some reason, like Jake Johnson is coming to mind. Nick from New Girl and somebody else, like his his partner.
2: Olivia is Wilde. Coming to Perfect. Yeah,
1: sure. It, they're, they're coming to mind and they're they're searching for stuff to decorate their house they're like newlyweds or something like that yeah. or they just moved in together but they're also kind of like i don't want to say hipster but they're also kind of like looking for unique items right they're not just trying to go down the beaten path of ikea
2: and stuff ikea. like that. they don't want to spend a lot of money but they also don't want like the cheap ikea stuff so they're like all right let's go look for something with a little bit of like
0: yeah you know so another thing that you could do is you could have each character is like different people at different yard sales. And then at the end of the last episode, we learn that it's a bunch of friends giving this couple that we saw in the first episode housewarming gifts. And they specifically said, like, we want gifts with stories. And, like, this is why they've been collecting these stories to come together and share as friends.
1: That is super cute. I love that. That is so hallmarky. I'm into it. So at the very end of Modern Love you see all these people, like, interact with each other for a half a second. And the idea is, like, in the city, everybody's got a story of love,
2: right? Yeah. And so it's kind of that same thing. I, I actually really like that. So let's call – I think we call this the modern yard sale. <laughs> crushed the title. Just crushed it. Knocked it out of the park. No, Danny, I think I, – I do think that's a great idea, and I think it, like, it ties everything up. But the only question I have is – if we do a second season of it, do we go down the same road of like, it wraps up the same way? Or are you cool with like each season being a you little different than You would find different
1: that? excuses. White elephant, what? you I know. I was
0: about to say, second it, season is white elephant gift. Yeah.
2: So you can just kind of play okay, with good. different. I was like, in my mind, I just don't want each season to be like the same. No. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Because I think with this, I think that's kind of the cool thing. Is like so many of those shows, we do it each season slightly different, same concept. Yeah,
0: like second season is white elephant gift. Third season is like an antique dealer looking for specific items. Yeah, you know, like you. I can- mean,
2: one of them could be literally a funeral, where like they're all bringing something like to mourn the person that died. Like I mean, there's so many ways to go. Giving gifts to the dead. Yeah, person. giving <laughs> gifts
0: to the dead person because you're you're bringing them from
2: Egypt. <laughs> Let's go.
1: Oh, my God. They're a pharaoh.
0: But no, I, I like that idea. Very a supportive group right here.
2: Cute, I throw out an uh... idea and they just shit all over <laughs> me.
0: Yes, they're all to be buried with this person.
2: I expect gifts from all of you at my death. <laughs>
1: Okay, so I like this idea. Everything's different. Each couple at the framing device couple is searching for something unique for housewarming, white elephant, et cetera. Funeral, yeah, whatever. Not all
0: not all couples, but yeah. So first yeah, season yeah, yeah, it would yeah. be yeah. young, maybe they're buying their first house and they're gonna have like a housewarming. And so we get eight episodes. I guess what's the convention here? Like how does each episode open? how many acts are there like i guess i guess my question is if we're going to do like a plot b plot c plot is the a plot can b... you have a c plot in this well that's what i'm wondering right so is a, i think it's just
2: a plot b plot i don't even know that there's a
1: b plot i think there's just a plot of telling the history of this item
0: i mean i i would say like the b plot is the way that the person is interacting with the person at the sale right and that's oh, well, yeah. where we get the tension of like Is this a real story? Is the person reluctant to tell this story? Yeah. And I feel like one of these has to be like nobody at the yard sale wants to say anything. And this person kind of has to put it together based on the other objects at the yard sale. Like, I don't
1: know. No, I like that. Yeah,
0: that's fair. All right. So what are our objects, I guess?
2: Can we do a a rice cooker? Sure. Yeah. Somebody gets burned on the rice cooker or something like that.
1: Oh, I was thinking you could go more cultural with the rice cooker.
0: I love how Justin says, somebody gets burned with the rice cooker, and my first thought is like, oh, yeah, a baby dies.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. You
2: dark, dark human.
1: Wow. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, stand-up mirror, um, armoire. Uh,
0: so I guess is each episode... The interactions around that object, how they acquired the object, like maybe it's different. Like maybe one episode is a family telling them how they bought this mirror and the next episode it's this rice cooker, but it's about how this rice cooker was like central to the family and it's not really about the rice cooker at all. And like, of course, buying the mirror isn't about the mirror at all. It's about the freaking relationship and how home renovations put this couple into a really tense position because they couldn't agree on a freaking mirror or something like that.
1: I think mean, that's exactly what it is, and it, I think it's, it's
0: like so weird because I feel like I can see this vague blob of a thing, but then like wrestling it down. I guess I see it. It's like it could be like twenty minutes. I don't think it could be much longer than that.
1: I think it varies depending on the the story yeah. that you're telling. Because if you're They're telling a story, like short films they they are. That, Danny, I would highly encourage you to go watch Modern Love.
0: Is it going to make me cry?
1: Some of them, yes. But or even, you know, Love, Death and Robots, for that matter. Some of the episodes are six, seven minutes long, and then some are 20, you know, so it's, it's just kind of dependent on the story that you're wanting to tell and how involved that story is. And I think that's the beauty of doing the anthology series this way, because... If there's a story about a home renovation gone wrong and it all stems from this mirror, that can be a 20-minute you're in, you're out. If there's something that's more cultural about a girl who, you know, her parents left Japan and always taught her to use like a traditional steamer and then she moves away and and buys like a rice cooker to kind of speed up because she's been more Americanized, that you can kind of take a little bit more time with. So I think you have like... You can just have these long and short stories that, that are just playing in there dependent on what you want to say.
0: And I do think that there's definitely some object that has been passed down for generations that now a family who is who needs the money is trying mm. to sell. Yeah. Which is really hard. Okay, so basically each episode is going to have slightly different structure and a slightly different length because it really depends on how... How much there, there is.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, so let's start. Let's start episode one. We need to see our... Do
2: an episode um, with a... Uh, what are those like couches that are... Do like a futon one or a... Uh, what are the ones... Sometimes people have like have them in like their uh, their offices. They're not like beds. Oh, like, like a really chase s- lounger? It's like a bed, but it's like a really small bed. It's like a couch almost, but it's a not... A day bed? A day bed, yeah. I feel like those could have some like really either fun or like unique stories.
0: So if we're thinking about this concept of this group of people coming together for a housewarming, I feel like the first episode needs to be this young couple buying something that's going to be central to the housewarming, right? Like it's going to be like a big party table or a serving platter or like something that is... so I thought the
2: first episode was the actual couple that was moving in. Yeah. So I figured they might need a big object like a like a day bed or a futon, and kind of. A,
0: it's right, but it can be something big like a dining room table. Like I feel like sure. it should be something that's going to be conducive to the party that we're going to see in the party. Like we might not see a day bed at the housewarming party.
2: You could have a couch that has a pull out bed. I mean, it doesn't have to be like an like a cheap yeah. futon.
0: I, I mean, I just like the idea of it being the linchpin of the party.
2: If we're having the housewarming party, right, it's let's say it's in the living room dining room slash area. What are those objects? Dining room table.
0: New chandelier.
2: Chandelier. Lamps, faces, those things. Paintings. You
0: could have a centerpiece, a big serving cup. Coffee one table. Of those, uh, lazy Susan. Coffee table. Coffee table would be good actually. Because that's literally central to the room. Yeah. I like expanding dining room table. Like one of those ones that you can like make bigger. We, don't, we don't care what you
2: like, we care what they like. Okay, Danny? All right. This is about the characters, not what so- you need in life. So I was thinking the first episode, you
1: want to grab people, right? So the first episode, I was thinking something like a coffee table or a dining room table. And the story behind it would be that this couple together for X amount of years on their 50th wedding anniversary, the husband was slowly starting to succumb to dementia or something like that. And so he was like, a he worked with his hands a lot. He started working on this dining room table and it's kind of like, what grounded him and like the last thing he did was carve their initials in it because his their story was that he carved it in a tree outside of her house or something like that and then you've come to find out that the table is made out of that tree so at the very end you see the new initials next to the old worn down initials both love in that. the table
0: i love that and it turns out that he just died right yeah
1: exactly so
0: cool well we got our episode one yeah that's Um,
1: (laughs) and it brings that sentimental punch to the first episode that you want to like grab people in so yeah
0: yeah and then what happens is in episode eight in the last 10 minutes or whatever is when we see the couple and they're putting because we used to have a table where it was a circle but then you could like extend things out and you could put the flats in the middle Yeah, and they're like extending it out to put the flats in the middle. And then everybody else is like bringing their items to the table.
1: Absolutely. So.
0: Cool. So episode one, I think you have table. Yeah.
1: You have episode one, you have your end episode eight is like everybody bringing the stuff. I think in between, I think a serving platter, I think a piece of art is really good. I think like a vase that the people like put some flowers in that, unbeknownst to them the flowers are tie into the flowers that we saw throughout the episodes like maybe lilies or something like that are now in the flower and throughout the episode of the vase the the favorite flower was lilies or something i don't know something like little little easter eggs and stuff like that to call back to the yeah for sure
0: for sure i don't know if serving platter is as good now that we have our central piece um Maybe one is, like, really random, but ends up tying into things at the end. Because, like, for example, my parents went through all their stuff and we're going to have a yard sale. And, like, my dad is really loathed to part with this, but it's, like, there's no real reason for him to keep it. And it's all of his – it's his kit from flying when he used to fly planes. And it's, like, a pair of headphones and a bunch of maps and, like, a radio and a Leatherman and, like, this kit.
1: I love something like that.
0: Yeah, and it's something that's, like – Really weird and specific. I love Um, it.
1: I love it being just completely random. And then at the end, (laughs) it's it's like to like one... I don't know, Seth Rogen-esque type character or something like that, or Rebel Wilson-esque type character. And at the end, she gives it to them and they're like, what the hell is this? And and she's like, let me tell you the story behind this. Because the story that they hear is so like ridiculous when they're buying it. Yeah,
0: it's about the story. Yeah,
1: and so they're like, no, 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 I got this. You're gonna love this. And let me tell you the story. And then that's kind of like, you know, you fade to black after that. That's like the end is like, you know, the, the idea of like generational storytelling and everything, so.
0: That and or you could have a different object be really weird and really wild and have the plane thing be like near the end, you like go to the baby's room and it's full of a bunch of planes and the kid really likes planes. And then they got like these giant maps that they put up on the wall of flying. Yeah. Frickin whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome too. Yeah. I do really love the idea of the wild card being the story that ends the season. So... We have our table episode. Talk to me about we. We kind of have a rice cooker episode.
2: Yeah.
0: Let's talk about a serving platter, maybe. Okay. Like, do we need to beat out each one? Or do I don't think, think so. We, I think no, I think we I mean, have we most of our
1: objects, and we have our through line, and we have our you know overarching illusion. Yeah, I think we're I think we're pretty much set.
2: I mean, if we started writing the show, we'd probably like go back and forth with objects and like things like that. It would probably. Even if we beat it out, we'd change that. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's necessary to go through each episode with each object. Because, like, no matter what you do, you'd constantly be changing that as the story is being written. Yeah. All right. I think we are ready to go do the pitch and get the titles. So, with that. And Danny will be right back with the log line. She'll pitch it to all of us. We'll go around the room and choose if we decide to save the cat or scratch it. All right, Danny. We'll see you in a bit.
1: Hey everyone, just a quick reminder, as always, that these podcasts are for entertainment purposes only. These ideas are fresh, new, and sometimes submitted by you. Anything said is not meant to infringe on the copyright of any existing work of art, and everything is thought of during this show without any previous influence. If it sounds like something you've already seen or heard, what can I say? That's Hollywood, all out of fresh ideas. Thanks, and enjoy.
2: And we're back. Danny's going to pitch us the log line. We're going to go around the room and decide if we're going to save the cat or scratch it. Danny, take it
0: away. Recycled Stories is a dramedy anthology series. Each episode, we learn the story behind a beloved object being sold at a yard sale. In the end, all the different objects come together to continue creating stories with their new family.
1: Ooh, child, I love me a good anthology series. And let me tell you, this is a good anthology series. I'm very, very excited about this. I love these types. Um, I I obviously really, really enjoyed Modern Love, really, really enjoy Love, Death, and Robots. Man, uh, Little America, all of these great. I'm really into anthology. I could immediately start writing this and love it so very much. So yeah, easily save for me.
2: I mean, I'm going to save it. I It's not a show for me, per se. Like, I don't think I would watch it. But uh, I save it. Yeah, I mean, it's solid. I do think for me to sell it, I'd probably have to, like, have a good writer or director attached or maybe, like, a, a, a good cast to kind of, like, go in with it. But I think it's unique enough it could sell at some streaming service. I don't know if it's going to be, like, Netflix awesome, but, like... Depending on who you had in it, I think it could sell anywhere or to smaller places. I think it's kind of one of those weird ones where, like, awesome idea doesn't always mean like people buy it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I save it. I'm actually really pleased that we picked this because I didn't think that we were going to. Uh, it's something that I. I know my like... idea was
2: really good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> White Stone, isn't that his name? Side,
2: White Side, White Marvel. Side.
0: Oh yeah, Mr. Whiteside. But no, I. It's something that I like. Wrote a few paragraphs of a few years ago when I was like probably in my teens and always thought, you know, this would be really interesting and probably super heartwarming and really real. I think that it would kind of be a little bit the opposite of Modern Love because what Modern Love did is it took real stories and then adapted them. But I think it would be that same kind of feel and making those really specific stories, finding those and still having it have that heartwarming punch to it. So yeah, I'm glad we went with it. That's three saves.
1: Yeah, no, I I really, really like this. And I also, I was thinking, you know, about this idea that like you just mentioned, like our stories would not be necessarily based in true life. And we didn't really get into it in the pitch, but I think we could play with that a lot in the show itself. Like we were talking that the ending object would be like, let me tell you the story behind this object, you know, and it's our most random one. I like the idea that that whole episode is they're just trying to make the sale. And so they're just telling them a crazy story (laughs) about this object. And then that person is so into it. So it's just this idea that like stories are passed down. You know, stories are generational stories. Stories are are what we get from other people and then we pass them on. And and objects are kind of the same way and they tell their own stories. And so that's what we're doing here is combining the two. And I, I love it. I love it.
0: And I really do think that this is the kind of series that would really benefit from having a very diverse mini room come together before the writing process. And just like everybody brings a different background and... A different experience of these different objects in their home like for me it was you know the
2: rice cooker i get it
0: yeah the rice cooker. <laughs> for me it was the airplane set whatever you know and and we all grew up with these things that you're like where did this come <laughs> from and i think it'd be really cool to to really highlight those yeah
1: absolutely every year my papa would give us these like knives with these crazy drawings on them and like I didn't collect knives. I didn't have any need for them. But I, I you just. Did,
2: you did with Papaw. Well,
1: he, he would give them to us. And then I remember when, when he passed, like we were going through his house and everything. And I found just like a box of these knives. And I was like, this is crazy how many there are. But yeah, like. I,
0: oh, my brother. Yeah. When my grandpa passed away, we had the same thing. A lot of them were like rusty and illegal. <laughs> and
1: it was just like, whoa. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know. It's fun stuff like that. Awesome, so three saves, recycled stories.
2: Um, what do we
1: got next? What are you watching, Justin?
2: Uh, I have been rewatching The OC because that whole po- new podcast is out. But nice. I watched uh, Wicker Park. Oh, okay. Which is a great. Josh Hartnett has a big movie coming out, and like his name popped up. And I was like, you know what? Let me check out Wicker Park. It's been f- for a minute. Been a while <laughs> since I saw that. Solid movie. Josh Hartnett was like. He had a weird career. Like, he was, like, a big deal for a minute and, like, just stopped kind of doing major stuff. It felt
1: like he was the one that stopped wanting to.
2: I agree. Like, I mean, from what I read, like, he he stopped because he had kids. Oh. It just seemed like it was, like, he was just such a big actor and, like, out of nowhere, it was just like, oh. Because he
1: did that zombie movie he did faculty 30 days well no i'm talking yeah. later like so early josh hartnett obviously had his giant rise but then he still did 30 days and 30 nights i think it was and then sin city it was kind of
2: like the last one he really did where he was like and he did penny dreadful i guess a tv show oh he that's right
1: once. he was in penny but like dreadful. he did a
2: lot of indie movies and a lot of stuff on his own schedule so it was pretty cool to like to remind myself of like he was a solid actor yeah he was gr- or he is he is a solid. loved actor. josh hartnett
1: yeah absolutely I will go next. I watched one of the cinematic adventures and pantheons of our generation. Everybody's going to look back in hundreds of years and say, damn it. Godzilla versus Kong is just one of the greatest movies that human civilization came up with.
2: Not my style, but
1: congrats (laughs) to you. Guys, it was so stupid and um it was weird because it's like it was enjoyable stupid. Like I was like finding myself enjoying how stupid it was. What does that say about you? I you know, I don't know. Because I I can't watch Fast and Furious because I just pick it apart.
2: I love watching those movies cuz they're so like I recognize that they are not real. <laughs> Nothing they do in that movie is like realistic, so it's like this is just for pure entertainment. I
1: think that's where I like I struggle with movies sometimes because I mean you'll you'll be like, oh, you really? I struggle with things that are like grounded in realism whenever they take fantastical approaches to it. So that's why Fast and Furious sure. bothers the hell out of me because it's like The first movie was street racing. The second movie, (laughs) the big stunt was they drove a car onto a boat, and that was like the finale. Now they're like, aren't they going to
2: space? Like, what the shit?
0: (laughs) I don't know, It's one of
1: those
2: things where, like, the first movie as a one-off was what it was supposed to be. As the franchise grew, it became more, like, fantastical.
1: But see, it's it's like for me, it's like the difference between that and Jurassic Park is Jurassic Park, the very first movie, dinosaurs, you know, it's like that's it's already set up to be fantastical. This is like, I don't know. It's the slow progression into what the hell are they doing?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you got to like go into that genre. Like, I don't really like John Wick, but I can watch it once in a while. No one like this genre is like just going to entertain me. Die hard. It is so like out of the. I don't like Die Hard. Well, see, Die
1: Hard, I love the first one because it's like a normal guy getting the shit kicked out of him the whole movie, who like somehow finds a way to beat the bad guys. Whereas in like the third one, he's again running cars into helicopters and shit like that, and it's
0: just like, what are you, what are you doing? Wait, Brian, you've never run a car into a helicopter? I mean, twice not last lately. year,
1: but it's not something that happens a lot. <laughs>
0: it's not on the it's daily. It's not on the
1: daily like it is for this guy. No, I, mean, I think you,
2: I think it's totally fair, like what you're thinking, but it's like, I just walk at him thinking like, you know what, I'm in the mood to watch this and I know it's just gonna entertain me.
1: Totally agree. And for me, that's like what Godzilla vs. Kong was pure entertainment in my eye sockets is what it is.
0: I got some pure an- entertainment for you guys. So I will say I have been watching some quality stuff. I'm still on that pilot kick. But If you want some quality entertainment, Married at First Sight Australia Season 8. It is the absolute worst thing since Love is Blind. If you liked Love is Blind, you're going to love Married at First Sight Australia Season 8. There's so much more drama, Brian, more drama than Love is Blind. How
1: dare you lump those two together?
0: How have you seen you? Married at First Sight well, Australia? No. Because in the American version, they actually care about the couples and they have a 30% success rate. Australia, they have a six percent success rate. <laughs> they don't give a shit about who they are matching. They're like, you're loud, you're loud, married. You're into psychology, you're into psychology. Married. Married. And it's just like so bad. And plus, it's not like the American version where there are four couples, there are like 12 couples because they know so many of them are going to drop like flies. It's so good.
1: This seems like I have to go watch this immediately.
0: You really do. I'm literally sending you the link that I use right now.
1: All right. So we have, let's see, we have three saves for recycled stories. We have married at first sight, Australia, we have Godzilla versus Kong, greatest cinematic adventure of our generation. And we have rewatch of the Ocean Wicker Park. So that is our What Are You Watching? Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode. Hopefully, our stories aren't beginning to be recycled. <laughs> <laughs> as always you can find me at redacted on instagram and twitter you can also find the podcast at can we Save pod on instagram and twitter and can we Save podcast
2: on TikTok.
0: you can find me at official danny hanks on instagram and at danny underscore hanks on twitter
2: you can find me at justin eugene on tiktok and twitter and instagram
0: you have a tiktok
2: I've had TikTok for a while. He said that last week.
0: Wow, I feel like...
2: You don't listen? Where have
0: I been? I don't listen to Justin (laughs) ever. He's like 85. Why would I? I mean... Is it like the teacher in
1: Peanuts? Where it's like...
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't
2: watch cartoons. I'm old.
1: (laughs) Awesome.
0: Goodbye. Thank you all
1: so much. Have a great week. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Friends Reunion Day. Toodaloo. Oh, wow. Oh, wow.